Hey guys, before we get started with the episode, I just want to let you know that this episode was recorded on Sunday, February 14th, Valentine's Day, when the Mavs were playing the Blazers. Uh, at that time in Texas, it was snowing, and I ended up losing power for a couple of days, so that's why this is getting released a couple of days late. And I also do want to let you know that the Mavs had three games planned for this week, which we actually talked about during this episode, but those three games were postponed to a later date. Thank you so much once again for tuning in. I really appreciate it, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Ah, yes. Welcome to the second episode of La Vida Luca, where it's all Luca, all Mavs, all the time. First of all, I just want to say you're welcome, Mavs fans. You're welcome, Dallas Mavericks. And you're welcome, Rick Carlisle. Ever since we started this podcast, the Mavs are 5-2, and two, which is their best like seven-game streak for the season yet, right? So... You're welcome. They're right now, like, riding this hot four-game winning streak. It's been freaking fantastic to watch. Ryan, what have you been thinking about this, these past two weeks? I've been just dreaming about that offense that they're producing. I mean, Luca's on a tear. His three-point percentage is ridiculous. I think their their average offensive output is like 113 now a game, and it's just going up. I think one thing I noticed is when – Luca has a counterpart that puts up points besides himself because when he's on the court, they score average 112.8 points per 100 position, possessions. When he's off the court, they score 101 points per 100 position. So there's a big drop-off. Yeah. But when he has a counterpart that helps with that offensive production on the court, they're more likely to win that game if it's not just him. Whether it's KP, whether it's THJ. If THJ has 20-plus points, they're 5-1 and one in those games. So I think just having that extra person that puts up an offensive, doesn't have to be everybody. This has to be one or two extra. Like KP against the Pelicans put 36 points up. That was fantastic. That's what, because it takes pressure off of Luka, spaces the court out, it gives them the options. And the last thing I want to mention is also Brunson, I think is another key factor in this. Because when Doncic and Brunson are on the court together, those 244 minutes that they've logged, they've outscored their opponents by 24 points on 47.3% shooting. So I'm just wow. saying that if they have Brunson, they have THA, KP, whoever it is, uh, DFS making some three-pointers, Josh Richardson scoring the Maxi Cleaver's threes on, he made that three the other night against Warriors to win that. So I'm saying if someone steps up every night besides Luka, that, that's tremendous for that team. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so we we can get into the games and what we thought about, you know, the past few games and, you know, what happened through the games. But, like, that's what's something I've been telling you, right? I looked at last year, and it looks like the Maver- Mavericks averaged about 170 points on offense, right, which is third in the league, right? We saw a historic offensive output, too, right, you know, via minutes and of the team. And I was telling you this. I was like, if you look at the, the games they've lost this year, if they just scored, you know, 150, 170 points, right, they would have won most of those games, right? And I think going into the off season and, and coming into this season, we were just like, yo, we need to be a more defensive team, right? Obviously we traded Seth for Josh Richardson to try to help out, try to get another like, you know, three and D type player, like players that can play D on the wing. I, that's clearly emphasized with Tyler Bay being drafted with Josh Green, with a you know, all these signings and, and, and draft picks. You saw the Mavericks emphasize the defensive side of things, but obviously that hasn't been there. Right, the the team still has been struggling on defense, and their offense hasn't been outputting, you know, all these great numbers like they were last year, right? And you you clearly see that because you know Seth Curry is a playmaker, right? Like he can drive up the lane, he'll shoot threes, and and having that person not, you know, Luca can't dish to, right? Like 
well, whenever he threw out to Seth, Seth was going to drain the three, right? And Seth has been hot this year too. So you saw when the teammates struggle, when TJ can't shoot an open three, when he's just chucking stuff, when DFS is wide open and misses threes, like you're just like, this is why we're losing games. And I think you saw the past few games, they've just been super hot on offense, right? It's like near halftime, they're 60, 70 points already. And you're just like, okay, we're cooking here. And I think just the past few games, you've seen them go kind of revert back into this offensive scheme. And, you know, that's kind of like how this team is made up to be, right? Like that's the makeup of this team is being an offensive team. And I'm, I'm sure as the season progresses, the team's defense will improve and you'll have to rely less on your offense. But I think right now that's the recipe to winning is just having these players cook. Yeah. And I think it obviously is clear that they're trying to go as a defensive mindset, but I'm not sure if it's enough to add Josh Richardson. Josh Green is a project or Wanda is a project, you know, so I don't know if that just one addition I mean, obviously, he is a defensive-minded player, so it helps. Yeah. And we do have, like, DFS, which is a good defensive-minded player. we got Maxi Kleber, which is good defensive. we got good rim, rim protection, KP. But I don't – I think there needs more addition. I think Dwight Powell took a step back from what he was. It would have helped if he was full strength before right. that Achilles tear. So I think those things hurt defensively. I'm not saying that they can't build up for McCambridge. You know how to switch better. Willie Colley-Stein is d- decent. So I think maybe a little more chemistry, knowing when to switch, knowing when to rotate, making sure they get all their assignments correct could really help. But I think one thing that I noticed is that when they're able to rebound, at least make the most of, seal the defensive deal up. If they do miss a shot, that helps them tremendously. They get at least 40 plus rebounds in their games. They're 11 and six in those games. If they're less than 40, they're two and eight. Wow. So I think just being able to seal, at least if not their defensive, it's at least getting the rebounds on the defensive and offensive end and making the most of that. I think that's key. And I think that's why when Kleber came back, it helped a little bit having another big man that can rebound consistently alongside KP and Luka. Yeah, and I think you can see that with Luka's stats. Over the past seven games, he's only had one triple-double, right? He's getting kind of close with all the games, but you see that the other team members are actually rebounding a little bit better. Uh, you know, that's affecting. And, you know, they can make their own shot, right? They're, they're draining threes. They're not relying on Luka to have to make all the plays. So I think that's beautiful to see. And I think uh, the past couple of games, I told you just how many players are in double-digit points, right? You don't necessarily need that number two, three, right? Like, you could just have several people. You can have Brunson, THJ, KP, like, just all, you know, 10, 15, 20 points. And all that adds up, and you get, you know, a great scoring output. And we can talk about, you know, oh, was there something you're saying? No, I forgot. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> so as we're currently recording this, they're actually playing the Portland Trailblazers, right? And right now it's uh, actually the third quarter. It's 84-78. The Mavs are down, but it's a pretty back-and-forth game. So we'll let you know. We'll see, you know, by the time this episode ends what the score is. But I think just it's fantastic, right? So when we ended the last episode, they ended up playing Suns for the second time in the back-to-back. They lost by one point. Right, and that was a little devastating. But Booker just, you know, hit that last last second three, and you're just like, oh, well, that's what happens. You know, he he he's just that good. Um, then obviously they played the Hawks. They play, actually played Hawks twice in this seven game span. Mavs won twice. Fantastic. And obviously they split with the Warriors, which is fine. Like the Warriors are actually a really good team, right? We see that mm-hmm. even though they had so many pieces out. I mean, they're 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 just draining their three pointers, and Ubre was just like destroying the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. And look, the Warriors are a high potent offensive team, so I mean they're going to go off certain nights, and it is what it is. So yeah, I mean they lost one and they won one, and 
that's perfectly acceptable. I mean, Curry can go off. Uber yeah. can go off. I mean, these players are just... So, I mean, Steph Curry alone is enough to win a game. So, yeah. I yeah. Mean, there's nothing you can do sometimes about his offense. And he just went off. I mean, that yeah. back, the second game in the back-to-back, Luka and, and Curry just had this, you know, back and forth. Obviously, Curry had, like, another 15 points on Luka. And it was just fantastic. The Mavericks really escaped with that win. is is very close uh, coming towards the end. And then they played the Timberwolves, who were also shorthanded. Uh, but that game was really a blowout. You saw in the second half, the Mavs kind of let off the gas. And, and you know, the, the Timberwolves were coming back. And that was a little scary to see here. But, you know, the, <laughs> the, the, the Mavs, I was, I was worried. I was like, uh-oh, this does not look good but hey they ended up winning the game that's all that counts uh and then you know they just finished their game against the pelicans was the last game before um tonight's game and that's something we talked about in depth you know last two weeks we were just like the pelicans are looking good they were on a winning streak you obviously have steven adams zion williamson and brandon ingram right and obviously you know all these other pieces lonzo ball lewis but like the they're just a very big team and you see in the past few losses in, in the season, it's just like the math struggle with big men, right? They can't really rebound. They can't really score and they can't stop uh, really anyone in the, in the, in the paint. So it was beautiful to see the Mavs come out with a win. And I think you saw it because the three-point percentage was just crazy, right? They knocked down, what, 25 threes in the game? Mm-hmm. Uh, KP was just on fire, uh, you know, 30-plus points. Luka as well, 30-plus points. And, you know, I think that's the best way, right? What's the best recipe if you can't really stop these, you know, two-point plays in the paint? Just be efficient and knock down your threes. And, you know, the Mavs really... It wasn't that close, I think. You know, after the first quarter, even though, like, the Mavs were down early in the game, once they started getting it together, it was the Mavs were just holding on to the lead for, for a good portion of the game. I, I love seeing how contr- in control Luka is offensively. I mean, he, he's really unstoppable. When he gets in that, in that post, when he, he gets in his groove and he's able to, you know, get control, get in that post, make his move, nobody can stop him. When he gets that position he wants on any side, really, with any hand, He's gonna make a movie. He's gonna make that shot. It's a, it's a, it's a great thing to see. And the other thing I like seeing is them winning some close games in the last couple of games. They beat the Hawks by a point. They beat the Warriors in that close game by a couple of points. And I think that's very motivating to see because there's a lot of close losses with the Suns early on. And it was frustrating. And the Nuggets, I believe, too, was close. And there was like another. The Bucks was close, shorthanded. So, but I saw a stat that made me feel really good on the Hawks game. That was really close. That fourth quarter, they were scoring 160 points per 100 possessions. And that is by far elite in fourth quarter scoring. And the other thing is, compared to last year, their clutch time, which is five minutes left to go in the fourth quarter or less, they've been scoring 114.1 points per 100 possessions versus last year, which was just shy of 100 points per 100 possessions. So we are improving, so he said. I think that's with Luca doing his thing, finding the open shot. Maxi making those shots, his supporting cast making some shots too. Because he's definitely trusting it. He's been passing out a little more. Because he knows it's the best play. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, something we talked about last time is like, you know, a lot of these players, role players and whatnot, uh, miss a good chunk of the season, right? Because of COVID. And it's also like just how 
it works right now, right? During the wins, during the losses, you kind of don't get time to spend, you know, time together and with all these other players, like how did we lose? Like, what can we do? And, you know, try to motivate each other. So it's, it's a really tough season. And we did, you know, last time we were a little worried, right? Cause we were like, you know, KP's back, you know, we're getting these pieces back. Hopefully they can get it together. And so far they look really good now, right? They're looking like that team that we expected going into the season. And I feel like there are still more steps this team can take as a, as a group. But I, I feel good, right? Five and two. I mean, you got to feel good about it. Mm-hmm. We talked about three wins minimum, right? We were like four is ideal. You know, coming out with five wins in, in the seven-game span was fantastic. And I, I feel really good. Mm-hmm. And we went up from, I think, 13th or 14th seed to the ninth seed in the standing after this after these couple games we won. So that's, that, that's good. And we're competing with teams, pretty tough teams there, Warriors and the Nuggets and the Bucks and we beat the Pacers or less. I mean, I think we have the competitive DNA and the and the, the tools to win. I mean, we have Luca. Luca can bring home wins. So I think as long as some of the role players do their part and KP is over his injury and solid, I think there, there's a good chance offensively to be able to put away some wins and make a nice run. Yeah, for sure. So we'll actually talk about, you know, some trade candidates we could talk about and, you know, people maybe off season moves and whatnot. We'll talk about that going into the all-star break, which is actually happening in mid-March. We don't even know the schedule yet after all-star break, right? Which is kind of crazy to think about right now. The season ends, uh, you know, March 3rd before all-star break. And then we'll get the second half of the schedule upcoming soon, but let's talk about the next few games and kind of like what we're trying to see with this teams and what we expect them to do and kind of what we need them to do. Right. So, Ryan, right here, let's talk about the next few games. we got eight games left after tonight leading up to All-Star break, and we can kind of talk about these games right now. So they obviously play the Pistons uh, next up, and I think that's they should win, right? I mean, it's the Pistons, the rebuilding. Then again, the Pistons did, did beat the Nets, right? So, I mean. And they know. gave the Lakers overtime, uh, pushing the overtime. So. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, hopefully you see the Mavs win there. After that, they play the Rockets and Grizzlies. I think they're both toss-up games, right? They'll probably be really competitive, come down to the final minutes. But I think the Mavericks should hopefully win both of those as well. Then you talk about the Celtics, 76ers, and Nets. All on the road, tough games. I see an 0-3 streak right there. I mean, I, I think the Celtics have shown some vulnerability. They did lose against the, uh, the, the Wizards today. Yeah. So, I mean... I don't know. I think I think that's actually a pretty good matchup for the Mavs. I, if there's one game out of those two they win, I think it's the Celtics. Right, because I think when you talk about the Celtics, they don't really have a big intimidating big man, right? Like they do have a lot of scoring on the team. They have some really good defense, but I think yeah, there's potentially a game you could win. But I wouldn't be surprised if they went zero and three on that road trip right there. Mm-hmm. Um, then they they play the Magic, rebuilding team. Obviously, one of the hottest teams to start off the season, but I think that's that's a loss right there uh, for the Magic and the Mavs win there. And then they end um, right before the All-Star break against the Thunder. Another team that's been surprisingly good for a rebuilding team, but I think the Mavericks should win. So what do we expect them to do in the eight games, uh, Ryan? Uh, best five and three and a worst three and five. Yeah, so yeah. Somewhere in there. Probably a four and four will be a good bet at the end of the day. Like if you're going to take a bet go wedge in the middle four and four but i wouldn't be surprised if five and three and pretty good six and two would be nice right yeah i think six and two is reaching for this guy i you know if that happened i'd be ecstatic and yo i'm booking tickets for the finals but uh you know (laughs) take me with you 
Right. I think four and four is, you know, what you can expect and be reasonable, right? We'd be pretty happy with that. Uh, I think five and three would be ideal. I think that three game losing streak against the Celtics 76ers nets is, is reasonable, right? Like that's kind of what you expect here, but I think, uh, and I feel like they should have four or five wins, uh, you know, before all-star break. I'm curious to see if there's any upsets or any, slight changes they able to you know beat the Nets or the 76ers because I think there are some mismatch or things the Mavs can take advantage of if they strategize and a plan for it so I'm just kind of interested to see if they can you know surprise us all yeah for sure and you know like I said going into the season we kind of expect them to make the second round right we think you know they still need their couple pieces away to to reach the conference and 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 you know the actual finals but you know looking against the 76ers and and nets right i think those are two really telling games because if they're at full strength the 76ers and the nets um you know those are potential down the road you know this year next year finals candidates from the east right so like I, it'll be a nice little you know uh litmus test to see uh hey where are we at? Are we actually, you know, being able to contend or are we actually, you know, farther away than we think? Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, you know, obviously we'll go a little bit more in depth, talk about candidates and maybe moves next time on, on the third episode of La Vida Luca. But right now, do you what do you think about the team? Do you feel like the team should stick where they're at, you know, just go through the season as is and not make too many moves? Maybe a minor move, maybe second round picks you move or, you know, some bench players. Or do you feel like, hey, Lucas' time is limited. Uh, they're on this hot streak. Maybe they can add another hot piece right now. You know, some players that are playing better than they have been in the past. Maybe they're more flippable right now. What? How do you feel? Do you feel like they should make that move, bring a new starter in, or, or you know, try to make some big moves, or should they just try to relax for the rest of the season? That's a tough question because you're on riding such a hot streak right now that I feel like you want to ride this hot streak until it fizzles out. So yeah. it's hard to say at this moment. But I think John Collins is on the trade block. Uh, he would be good. This is from you. I'm taking it straight from Ashish, but I think John <laughs> Collins would be a great, great player to trade for that will fit in uh, the roster. If you're really just thinking like KP may not be the answer, putting him in a package for a lot of pieces could be an option. I don't <laughs> think that's reasonable at this point. I think it's still unfair to him because he's missed so many games, hadn't had the chemistry. And that's another thing I have to take in consideration. You know, this, this last six, seven, eight games have been the first eight games that we played pretty much the whole team in totality. Yeah. So it's so early on to tell whether this team has all the right tools. Will it hurt to get like another three and D like a Trevor Ariza or someone like that? Not at all. I think those benefits. I think if you're going to do a trade, it'd be a, a smaller role player type, a couple seconds in a, you know, a, a role player type for a three and D or another big that can, that can help. But I don't think going a big, like blowing up the roster is the right move at this point. Right. I, I agree with you 100%. I think you got to let Luca and KP finish the season together, right? Maybe moving KP is like a down the road type thing. I, you know, he's on a decent, you know, nice contract. So I feel like he should stay here. Let's see what he has. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Um, but I, I totally agree. I think if anything, you make a minor move. Something I told you in the past is maybe someone like, you know, you mentioned a good name, Ariza. I was thinking more, you know, like a J.J. Reddick, right? A little struggling with the Pelicans. You know, having that other player that can just shoot, 
drain threes, right? Like would be so ideal for this team. Uh, so yeah, I, I think they could make a minor move. We'll talk about the offseason, you know, months down the road. But of course, John Collins is a name I'd be so interested in if we trade for him or he's also a re- restricted free agent. And along with him is Jared Allen, another restricted free agent. Two bigs I really love. And I think either one could really do uh, amazing work with the Mavs. But we'll get to that down the road. Something I just want to reiterate, something we had a personal conversation about, and then we'll wrap up this episode, is when you look at the last year, the Luka and KP, right, throughout the season, didn't have that much time together, right? You might have been like, oh, yeah, KP, you know, he came back late last year. Uh, and then when you look at the the, the record, like, Luka got, you know, twisted ankle, was out a couple games. Then they're back, played a couple games. KP got injured. He was out a couple games. Luka got injured. And then, you know, obviously the quarantine happened and they were off for a long time, right? And you saw how hot they competed together really through the bubble and then the playoffs, right? And I think we're seeing that the past few games, how hot Luka and KP can be together. And, you know, a lot of people told me, oh, KP doesn't really make sense with the Mavs. I don't know what they're doing with him. It looks like it's it's converting into wins right now, and I, I really love to see it. So I think we just, as Mavs fans, we should all relax a little bit. You know, when time comes, when it's coming down to the playoff run, when it comes down to the playoffs, I feel like we're going to be in good hands. No matter what, with KP and Luka uh, at elite levels, they are some of the best players in the NBA, and we have them both on our team. So right now, looking really good. Very excited with this past, you know, the past two weeks. We've come off the right foot, and hopefully we can keep this rolling, right? Let's keep the ball rolling. Let's keep racking up those Ws and move up the standings in the West. Uh, currently, it's the end of the third quarter. The Blazers are up 103-91. So it looks like, you know, you know, first loss in a, a couple of games. But, hey, we'll see what happens, and we'll talk more about it next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to the La Vida Luca podcast. Please share this with your family and friends, all the Mavs fans. Like we said, we're just two Mavs fans that love the Mavs so much. We just love talking about them. And we just want to add some, you know, our opinions, some statistics, and just have a fun conversation. So thanks so much for tuning in. And until next time, go Mavs. See ya.